Episode 51, How to Overcome Loneliness at the Holidays. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live life amplified. Seasons greetings. Happy holidays, my friend. No matter what it is you're celebrating, no matter where in the world you're celebrating from, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being here, for supporting this podcast, for being part of my life and our community that we built online. When I think back, this podcast was only supposed to be a 10-episode first season with no commitment beyond that, and yet here we are, 51 episodes in. You're engaging. You're sharing this content with the people that you love. You're showing up in our social media group up on Facebook, which if you haven't done so, it's an awesome community. You can find the link in the show notes, but I appreciate you so much in the way that I want to show up for you through the end of this year and into 2019 is while many other podcasts are taking time off, while they're taking a hiatus, while they are just doing best of episodes and repurposing content, I want to give you all the value I can. I want to give you the strategies to help you thrive at the holidays, but also set you up for an amazing, inspiring, awesome 2019. And that brings me to the reason I'm doing this topic today. If you are a person who is serious about creating your amplified life in the new year, one of the big components of that is relationships. We are tribal creatures. We are built for connection. We have a deep, innate, primal need to be part of the community, to be part of the tribe. And yet, when you look at the statistics right now, half of the world is lacking that. Half of people in a Cigna Health survey that was released earlier this year reported feeling lonely. This is fascinating. 54% of people said they feel like nobody in their life understands them well. 56% of those surveyed said the people they surround themselves with aren't actually with them. And that's why this is such a tricky topic when it comes to loneliness, because there is no quantitative data out there that gives us a one-size-fits-all blueprint. It's not like you need X amount of relationships in your life or a romantic, a family, and a personal relationship, and you're guaranteed to not feel lonely. It is so subjective. And when I think back on my life, I know that I was in a marriage where I felt terribly lonely with a partner who didn't really see me or appreciate me for who I was. You know, back before I started my personal growth journey, I experienced that. And there are times in my life now, even around my own family at the holidays, where I can be surrounded by people, but almost feel like an outsider looking in. I don't really share the same values in politics as my family. They look at me like I'm a little weird. I'm this guy who's out trying to make a difference and inspire people for a living. One of my family members uh, last Christmas looked at me. They're like, so wait, Dan, let me get this. You're helping people find their purpose because they feel lost and they don't know what to do? He's like, why would you do that? If they don't know their purpose, F them. It's more opportunity for me and you, man. And I happen to like this family member. I think he's a good guy, but I'm just sort of shaking my head going, 
we have nothing in common. <laughs> it's a real thing for people around the holidays. In fact, you might be a person who's celebrating your first holiday season after a divorce and you're rebuilding. This could be your first holiday after the death of a parent or a spouse or a loved one. And if you're there, I want you to know my heart is with you. I'm sending you so much love. But my intention today is to help pull you out of that isolation so that you can truly experience abundant, loving relationships with people people who care about you. Because if you're a person suffering from loneliness, make no mistake, the holidays are the most triggering time ever. You're going to be up on social media. You'll see all the posts from people who are with their family or with their kids and they're smiling huge. Even if the marriage or the family situation isn't happy, everybody puts on their best mask on social media, but you start to compare yourself to them. You compare your life to where they're at. And God forbid that you're one of those people that binge on Hallmark and Netflix Christmas movies this time of year because if you're a lonely person, nothing is going to make you feel worse. You see these movies about people who are too lonely or focused on their career and then they head out into the country by themselves and meet a stranger who teaches them the magic of Christmas and they fall in love. You know, while you're binging on the 18th Christmas cookie going, why can't this happen to me? I recently got suckered into watching one of those Netflix Christmas movies, by the way. So this is a quick sidebar, but I think you'll appreciate it. It was called The Spirit of Christmas. And it was about this really attractive woman who's a lawyer, but she can't really connect with men. She pushes them away. She was very avoidant in relationships. So it happens the week of Christmas that she ends up out of the country in an abandoned bed and breakfast so she can sell this product property for a big estate deal, and then she fell in love with the ghost that haunts it. Totally ridiculous. And by the way, this guy was the worst ghost ever because he didn't even go through walls. Like, he walked into the house and disabled the security system. So that tells me one of two things. Either Netflix didn't have the budget to really invest in special effects for this movie, or the guy wasn't a ghost, and he was just this attractive dude who used that as his tactic to get the hot chick for Christmas. I don't know what was going on, but you can check the movie out for yourself. It's totally hokey, and you'll get a good laugh out of it. But in all seriousness, you know, I'm trying to bring some levity to a very serious topic today, but there are real psychological, emotional, and physical downsides to living in loneliness. The American Heart Association did a study this year that people who are lonely are 3.7 times more likely to die early from cardiovascular disease. There are people who are literally dying from a broken heart. We've seen loneliness linked to increases in Alzheimer's disease and all sorts of autoimmune diseases. And what makes this topic so difficult, because I've coached so many people in 2018 who have struggled in this area of isolation isolation and loneliness is that it can become a trap. If you're a person who feels like you've experienced rejection in the past, you tend to develop self-protective measures that keep you isolated and keep you from putting yourself out there and being rejected again, which kind of creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. Many of the clients who've come to me suffering from loneliness, they have such a pessimistic and defeatist outlook that they're actually skeptical when people try to engage with them and invite them into their tribe. You know, they don't believe that people could actually be interested in or care about them. One of the biggest game-changing things I've learned in my personal development this year, and I've really incorporated this into a lot of my coaching, is about attachment theory. At the end of the day, what attachment is is the connectedness between human beings, both emotional and psychological. But if you look at some of the work by a man named Dr. John Bowlby uh, in the 1950s, he said we learn how to attach to things at a very early age because we all have a primary attachment figure. For a lot of us, it's our mom. She's the one who carried us. But if you 
grew up in a home where there was a consistent response to your needs, you typically have secure attachments. If you're a person where your parents were gone all the time or you felt abandoned, you have more anxious attachments. You're the person who might be considered more clingy in a relationship. But the other thing that happens are the people who had a home where there was a very rigid or distant response to your needs. And you develop what are called avoidant attachment traits. A lot of times the people I see who are avoidant grew up in a home with an alcoholic or an addict parent. You had to be the responsible one. You had to be the parent to your parents. Or your parents were working so much that you had to be responsible and take care of your siblings. You had to take care of everyone else. And what happens over time is the thought of getting too attached to people becomes overwhelming. Because subconsciously you believe you have to take care of people. That it's your job to take care of everyone in your life. So people who are avoidant value independence of primary importance. That is a huge driver for you. Sometimes you have a very difficult time depending on others or receiving support, and that can show up at work. You might not be able to rely on a team, but it certainly affects the way you show up in relationships. If you're a person with avoidant attachment, you hate feeling like other people are depending on you. It feels like an energy drain. And sometimes when you get what you thought you wanted, you're not sure you really want it anymore, so you push that away. So it could be about job, opportunity. People can also be very avoidant with money if you have this particular attachment, but it will keep you from really getting the support and the love that you need around the holidays. And perhaps we could do an entire episode in 2019 on this idea of attachment, but I want to give you some context for why it is. Why do we feel safer being alone? Why is it on some level, even though we desperately want that connection, we tend to push it away? And if you're looking to overcome it around the holiday season, the challenge for you is that you're going to have to take action that involves emotional risk. And for lonely people, that is a scary proposition. Here's what I would suggest to you, though. The first step to avoid loneliness at the holidays is to reach out to friends, family, even maybe some distant family that you haven't talked to in a while. Reach out to acquaintances in advance of Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year, and ask people what they're doing for the holidays. And when you engage people, what you typically find is they'll give you a response, but then they ask you the same question. What is it that you're doing? And if you can be honest and vulnerable and say, I don't have any set plans yet, typically you're going to find that people want to invite you and include you with their family. Again, for an avoidant attachment person, this is so difficult because they feel like they're fishing for an invitation. But keep in mind, so much of the research shows that loneliness makes us underestimate how much the people around us care about us. And it also causes us to view our friends and friendships more negatively than we should. So we have to adjust our mindset to assume that if somebody is putting out an invitation to you at the holidays, it's because there's a genuine interest that they want to share that day with you. And truly, even if you're spending the holidays with people that aren't your closest friends in the world, it's far better than spending it alone and miserable. Now, if that seems like too much, if that's overwhelming and that's scary for you, another strategy is you could reach out to people you know and actually suggest activities. I recently tried this with a client of mine. She loves yoga, but for a lot of reasons, she struggles to make deep, intimate connections. And I love what 
what she did. This was such a huge step for her. She is hosting a yoga brunch at her house. So everybody, the day before New Year's, is coming over in the morning. They're doing a big potluck meal. And she's got a yoga teacher teaching a class in her basement where she can fit about 15 people in with their yoga mats. How cool is that? And such a huge step for her. I'm so proud because it was a scary thing. She was afraid nobody would show up. And yet, within 24 hours, she had no room to take on anybody else at the yoga brunch. So you could reach out and suggest an activity. Maybe it's caroling. Maybe it's baking Christmas cookies or baking gingerbread houses. A lot of people will put out the generic message or send a text about, hey, let's get together, and it's very vague. But if you suggest a specific activity, you'll be surprised how many people show up and want to connect and do something fun. And finally, one final strategy to help you manage your loneliness at the holidays. If you are going to be around some of those difficult family members, if you are going to be around the people where you have felt separate from them in the past, could you force yourself to put on a smile, show up with the right holiday spirit, be your own little Netflix or Hallmark Christmas movie, and engage and socialize with the people who are there? Are there ways where you could deepen the emotional connections that you already have with your family? Maybe there's one person that you'd like to get closer with over the holidays. So you could spend time with them. You could go through old family photos. You could find a common interest and talk about it. But look for those little ways where you could connect and rekindle feelings of a shared history. Because remember... The things you want, want you also. If there's somebody in your life you would like to connect with on a deeper level, chances are they want the same thing for you. So show up, make an effort to participate in the group activities, the family discussions, because if you separate, if you go into the other room, if you isolate, it does send a signal which pushes others away. And it's something I've been guilty of in the past. I very much understand that fear associated when you don't feel comfortable around certain members of the family, but all you can really manage at the end of the day is your attitude and how you show up. If your blueprint for happiness is dependent on how other people act and how they show up, what are the chances you're going to ever feel that long-term lasting happiness? And finally, one other thought. This really is a podcast about managing your loneliness at the holidays, but if you are serious about living your life at a high level, you've got to have amplified relationships in your life in the new year. You want to be connected to yourself and to the people around you. And if you're struggling right now to build those relationships, it's not a sign that you're broken. It's not a sign that you're unlovable. It's just a sign that there's some patterns that you need to address. You know, you need to take responsibility for this happiness in 2019, which means you're going to have to put yourself out there. You're going to have to put yourself in social situations with the people who value what you value. It could be volunteering or joining a community organization. For me, two places where I can go anywhere that I'm living in America and know that I can find my tribe is either a yoga studio or if I'm performing on stage. You know, I was an acting major for a time in college. I love theater. So in many of the cities that I've lived in in the past, I've gone and auditioned for little community theaters. And that's given me such a sense of connection and community and provided me just fun and creativity in my life. And I don't know what that activity is for you. And perhaps you don't even know because you've been disconnected from yourself for so long. But make this a priority in 2019 to get some coaching, to get some mentorship, to heal some of those old attachment patterns that make you feel like it's unsafe 
to be seen, that it's unsafe for you to be visible and to speak up and to put yourself out there and start to create that action plan to surround yourself with people who will uplift you and support you. And sometimes having a mentor, a coach, a therapist, somebody that you can really talk to about how you're feeling and be heard and listened to and to be seen for who you are, that's a great place to start. I do have limited spots open right now for my one-on-one VIP coaching program for the month of January. I would love to help you take control of your career, your life, and your relationships. One of my favorite client emails I got this year is from the woman who married the man that we manifested in the first week of our work together. We got super clear on the relationship she wanted to create. She met him in a week, and now they're married and loving life. So I I do believe that miracles are possible, right? Not to be my own Hallmark Christmas movie right now, but I believe things shift very quickly when you have clarity, when you have mentorship, and when you have an implementation plan to help you create the things that you want. So if I can help you on that creative soulcoaching.net is where you can go. Click on the work with me tab. You can fill out an application. We can get the process started right there after the first of the year. I love you so much. I'm sending you all my love this holiday season. Have a wonderful one and I'll be back next week. In the meantime, don't forget to turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified.